could Boston College be losing a coach to the carousel? We'll be talking all about that on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. On today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about some coaching buzz that we've talked about. We're going to also look at some red shirt information I think you all find interesting. And finally, we'll we'll kick it off. We'll end the show with our news segment where we look at all the news that's going on in Boston College sports. So, on Wednesday, Boston College associate head coach and defensive backs coach Azar Abdul-Rahim reportedly had a conversation slash interview with Miami Hurricanes head coach Mario Cristobal. Now this, from what I've heard, is not for the defensive coordinator position. It would be for another position. And if that's the case, I don't think this is going to be a big deal. If he was to go to Miami, he would be taking a step down because remember, he is like the step below Halfley right now. So Miami would have to offer a pretty obscene amount of money for him to take that step. However, you know, weirder things have happened. So Azar Abdul-Rahim, if you you have uh, followed Boston College sports, maybe you don't, is the defensive backs coach. He came here. He was the defensive coordinator at UMass. He was also a defensive backs coach for Maryland for a while. He is a DMV whiz. And why DMV? It's not the Department of Motor Vehicles, I promise you. It is the, uh, (laughs) I got myself all messed up, District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia area. Now, a lot of the big name recruits that Boston College has landed in that area have been because of Abdul Rahim. He also had a good relationship with some of the transfers that came here, like Jaden Woodby. He had, you know, he is one of BC's most valuable coaches. So losing him would be a massive loss for Jeff Halfley. He's he's his best recruiter. He is the 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 guy that gets them some of the big names that they get. So Boston College, I don't know if this is going to be just another opportunity to give. AA, we call him AAR. AAR, the um, some more money in up his contract a little bit. I mean, last year, uh, Halfley had said that uh, Abdul Rahim had been offered a defensive coordinator job at a Power Five school and shot it down. So I don't know what his relationship is like with Cristobal. Maybe they are close, and that might change things. But to me, this just seems like a conversation, and they're going to move on from there. But it's certainly a, a situation worth watching and check out bcbulletin.com we'll continue to have any breaking updates on this because you're gonna this is a news story you're going to want to know and i'll give you guys a freebie in terms of transfer portal news um so many times I, I get the transfer portal news and i keep it behind um on my message board on bc bulletin so if you go to maroonandgoldforums.com and become a member and you're a premium member sometimes i give you some of the names that i've heard linked to boston college and one name that i had heard was linked to BC. I want to kind of dispel some rumors here. It was Wes Weeks. He's a linebacker that is uh, in the transfer portal from UVA. This kid is from Georgia. He was originally committed, uh, sorry, originally recruited by Boston College. Tim Lokobu was his his main recruiter, and he was very high on Boston College. So immediately when you see that, the, the, the uh, fireworks in your brain start to go off a little bit. Like, hey, oh, maybe this is a guy that they're going to go after. I haven't seen anything yet. 
So it would make sense. You know, he's a linebacker. Boston College could use a linebacker in the portal to to um, put with Cam Arnold next year, but I don't see it yet. And, you know, he played quite a bit for UVA, so he's not a raw guy. But, um, you know, I'm guessing based off of what BC is doing, you know, they've got a few guys coming up. They probably would be more content with going with Bryce Steele at this point and sticking with him and Vinny De Palma for another year. So I'm guessing he's not going to end up at Boston College. Some people have been asking me about West Weeks. I'm just guessing no. Um, and I also just saw he got offered by USC yesterday. So that tells you what level of interest people are going to have over him. So he's not one I don't. I think BC will will probably be involved with. But if things change, I'll definitely let you know. And finally, in, in recruiting and transferring news, Matt Valachi. Many of you will remember him at Boston College a couple years ago. He was um, one of the three... Uh, quarterbacks that were rumored to start in 2020. Uh, he lost out that job to not only Dennis Grossell, but to Phil Dracovic as well. Transferred to Colorado State last year to be with head coach Steve Adazio. And now he's back in the transfer portal again. Now, Valachi, um, I don't see him going to a Power 5 school and finding a job right off the bat. He's a grad transfer. So I assume wherever he goes, he's going to want to play. So to me, Valachi strikes me as an FCS-level quarterback. I mean... UMass would. I'm not saying UMass is FCS. I'm saying they could be also a a, a team that could look for a quarterback like him and, and do a lot worse. And he knows. I think he probably knows Don Brown. Um, you know that he'd be another. They'd be another option for him as well. Um, he's not coming back to Boston College. I saw someone tweet me at that. No, he's not coming back to BC because he would be like fourth or fifth on this on that. Um, on that depth chart, he wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna see the field. So um, it stinks. <laughs> you feel for these kids, right? So Matt Valachi starts in Massachusetts. He starts in New York. He was a New York kid that got recruited by Boston College. Goes a couple states over. Goes to Boston College. Plays. You know. You know. He had a. I remember a Clemson game and a blowout. He showed up in. You know. He was in the thick of things for a while. He loses out. So he goes to Colorado State. Goes all the way across country. Now he's back again. You know. That's just like. Um, Mike Siafani, we were talking about last week, a defensive lineman from Massachusetts who, who basically is doing the same thing. Like, all of the players that were under Steve Adazio are all heading home. And I think, I think unless David Bailey has some extra year of eligibility left, which I don't think he does, um, uh, the Boston College-Colorado State connection is ice cold again. So, good luck to Matt. I've talked to him a few times during press conferences and things like that. Really good kid, um, especially if he goes to a lower-level program. I could see him being successful. Um, not sure if he'd start or not, but uh, he's got his degree already, and that's a good start for him, and maybe he can just move on to something other than football. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk red shirt talk, and this will be something you might be interested in. We'll get into all the ins and outs about the red shirts, and I'll give you some interesting pro football focus news that you might want to know as well. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after net upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Again, head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked. Welcome back. This is Locked on Boston College. 
if you have been listening to us on a regular basis, again, thank you so much. If you made this your first listen every morning, I want to thank you. And if you're not and you enjoy this, I want to challenge you. When you get in your car every morning or you're listening to a podcast and want to get something sports-related every morning, turn on to Locked On Boston College. Make us your first listen every morning. I am sure I will give you good content and analysis you're not going to find anywhere else. So, as we've been saying the last couple of weeks, the 2021 season is behind us for football. Boston College finished the year 6-6. Six and six. Now all of the all of the focus is moving forward. It, 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 like the book is closed, we can continue to an, analyze it, and we will with Mitch Wolf. But let's look at what some of the players did this season in terms of their red shirts, because Boston College had an impressive class of 2021 group come in, and you're gonna want to know who already burned through a year of their eligibility and who will be able to come back uh, and have four more years left if they want it. So remember, if you don't know redshirting rules, redshirts basically give you the opportunity to have an extra year. And for football, a lot of times you'll see players play a certain amount of games so they stay under that threshold and then get that extra year. Some players are forced right into it, right? They're going to be playing right off the bat. And let's so let's go over who did what. And so just to give context for the season, there were quite a few injuries if you look at what Boston College went through. Jeff Halfley, to his credit, did not do a lot of the Steve Adazio, oh, we were injured, blah, blah, blah kind of thing uh, to make excuses. But we did get a lot of true freshmen that were thrown into games in meaningful situations. So here are some of the players that burned their redshirt. This, these guys played more than four games, which is that, that number that the NCAA has that will prevent them from getting a redshirt this season. Those players, Sean Asbury, who we talked about, is no longer on the team. He's at Old Dominion now. Uh, he wanted to be closer to home. He played for quite a bit. He does not have a redshirt. He'll lose it at Old Dominion. Nito Akpala, a defensive end. Now, he was more of a um, specialist. You saw him block that punt against Clemson. He played in a lot of special teams things, and he used his red. He will not have a red shirt as well. Connor Lighton, obviously the kicker. He started day two, I think. I think he was the second game. You saw him kicking often, and he played every game after that. So, Connor Lighton, same thing with Jaden Williams. Uh, wide receiver, who, for me was the most surprising freshman on the squad. Because going into the season, you know, all the wide receiver talk was about Lewis Bond or Dante Reynolds. And then you get Jaden Williams, who was this late commitment to this class, come in, start day one, make fantastic catches against Colgate, and become a valuable part of this offense. He's going to be a name to watch for in 2022. Um, you know, I don't think he was perfect. He, uh, he clearly had some ir- issues with drops. And um, I, I think just, you know, freshman jitters here and there. But he is going to be a very, very valuable receiver for this team. So Jaden Williams also used his up. He played in all every game, I believe. Same thing with Donovan, Donovan Azaraku, who was a defensive end. Um, Boston College is very, very thin at defensive end in terms of experienced players. So they brought in Donovan Azaraku as a true freshman. He played right off the bat. Uh, he had a decent grade on pro football focus. I still think he probably needs to beef up a little bit. Um, he seems small when I watched him on the field, like when I was in the press box. He just didn't seem like a defensive end. Um, probably going to beef him up a little bit. And But, he, you know, he's a freshman, so I, I like what he was able to do. Um, I think he's going to need to do more. C.J. Burton, also, you if you're followed BC football this year, when they, was, when they had those injuries to Josh DeBerry, Brandon Sebastian, it was it was Burton that usually saw the field. Burton filled in for uh, DeBerry at the nickel position in some of those later games, and he struggled at times, but he really started to pick it up near the end. Um, he's going to be very good. You know, he's the BC's highest-rated recruit last year. 
Um, and he's gonna, you know, you knew going into the season that a guy ranked that high was not gonna sit on the bench in redshirt. And he he got in there right away. And with Sebastian gone, I'd expect him to play, you know, as a starter next year, day one. So I like C.J. Burton. I think he'll be someone. And Bryce Steele also. He was a linebacker with Isaiah Graham Mobley in. He was more of a situational bat, you know, linebacker. He came in and played when Isaiah Graham Mobley was hurt. You saw him here and there. He played more than four games this year. Um, he's going to be a bigger role next year too. Like Isaiah Graham Mobley is off to the NFL, so it'll be him and it will be um, Cam Arnold at linebacker, and unless they figure something else out that they want to do, either with Vinny De Palma or a freshman, or, or sorry, freshman or transfer. So those are that's it in terms of a class of twenty plus. It was those six guys, seven guys that burned their red shirt. Now here are guys that you may not even have known that played and didn't burn their red shirt, so they're gonna be red shirted anyways. Cole Batson. Uh, defensive back, Owen McGowan, a, a local linebacker, Ty Clemens, Casey Finney, Jam- Jamira Jones, Nigel Tate, Jalen Cheek, Lewis Bond, Drew Kendall, Xavier Coleman, Jalen Blackwell, Jalen Williams, and Emmett Moorhead. Now, Emmett Moorhead, it's surprising. You're like, oh, he got his red shirt? He only played two games, I believe. So, you know, you saw him and he got valuable reps in spring games, but he still got four more years left at Boston College. So, you know, the time will start ticking for him next year, but expect, you know, Jakovic to be the starter, Moorhead to be the backup, and then it's going to probably be his ball after that, right? You're thinking that he's going to be the next starting quarterback for BC unless someone else takes a humongous jump. Um, so that those are guys that played a little bit but didn't see the whole – they get all get their red shirts for next year, that which is great. So a lot of talent there. Guys like Drew Kendall, Jalen Cheek, uh, Jamira Jones, uh, Xavier Coleman – Jalen Blackwell, I expect to see a lot more of them next year. Even Cole Batson, probably at safety, you'll see some some of him as well. So those guys got some good, valuable experience, and they will get their red shirt. Now, these guys, the last five didn't play at all. Um, Quintavious Hutchins, Otto Hess, Dante Reynolds, Owen Stoudmire, and Elijah Krasnovic. So those five got their red shirts, and you look at the, you go down that list, um, a couple guys like Hutchins, uh, he was a late commit. Krasnovic, I think he football is pretty new to him. He'll be around. Don't worry, you'll see him more often later. But you know, he's a he's a younger guy. And then Hess wouldn't play because they had so much already on the offensive line. He might be a guy that you see next year um, crack the two D. But we'll see. So that should give you a a good um, uh, you know synopsis of where people are at um, for Boston College in terms of their red shirts. In our final segment, I will tell you some of the pro football focus grades that you're going to want to know. And also, we'll look at a few news items that are also of interest for Boston College fans. Hey, Eagles fans, this is AJ Black with an incredible app everyone who needs gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Just use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 a gallon back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, either or your Amazon or other gift cards. 
uh, PayPal or e-gift cards. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get that 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Locked on Boston College here, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. Um, now, in our final segment, we're going to get into some news stuff. And first of all, I had promised you some pro football focus news, and I'll give you the players that graded highest on offense and defense. So let's give you the three highest rated players on offense first. These are players. So pro football focus. I am not the biggest fan of the site. I know some people love it. Some people hate it. I'm more in the, I could take it or leave it. Cause I, I some of the stuff that they put out there, I'm not the biggest fan of, but they give decent analysis. So let's kind of look into what they've done. So their top three players of the last season, obviously number three, uh, sorry, number three for them was Christian Mahogany. Uh, sorry, Ben Petrula. Ben Petrula was number three, which kind of shocked me a little bit. I figured Alec Lindstrom would be on there. He is not. I thought maybe Jakovic, Zay Flowers, they are not. It is Ben Petrula, who I, you know, his pass grade is not very good, but his run grade, his run blocking grade is very strong. So I think that had more to do with why he was such a high grade for Boston College. Number two, I kind of gave it away already was Christian Mahogany. Uh, he was just above Petrula. Again, we talked about this on our show. He is a excellent offensive lineman, and he had one of the highest pass block rates uh, grades on the team, even higher than Zion Johnson. His was right below uh, Alec Lindstrom, so you can see like his grades just across the board were really good, which is surprising why uh, he's just a little bit ahead of uh, Ben Petrula. So he was number two. And number one, no surprise, Zion Johnson. Zion Johnson uh, clearly was the best offensive player Boston College had, and he deserved the grades that he did. Now, a few little quick notes. Zay Flowers was not rated all that high. He only he was rated a 73 out of 100. In, in comparison, Zion Johnson was an 85. Ben, um, Dennis Grossell, if you were wondering, was a 70.3. And Phil Dracovic was a... It's 80.6, so that gives you a, a, a feel. And, you know, Jakovic, obviously, he only played a few games, so that kind of gives you a, a better feel. And I think that's higher than what Jakovic scored uh, last year. In the ouch category on offense, um, there's a few, like, grades that you can look at and see where people struggle. And um, Jack Conley scored a 26.6 in pass blocking. And if you remember the game that he played, he was – he struggled – and so he was really low on that list. And also down there, too, for pass blocking is Pat Garwo, who was even lower at 14.9. Those are, like, dark red, like, concerning pass blocking numbers. So those were two I thought that were interesting just as, as, a, as a side note. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, the number three ranked defender was Brandon Barlow. Brandon Barlow scored really well on run defense. He was very, very good and a very good tackler as well. Now, he was a little bit slower on pass rush. Uh, but overall, he scored pretty well. So Brandon Barlow was number three. Number two for the Eagles, surprisingly, was Mike Palmer. Now, Mitch Wolf on the other show, uh, he ate some crow because I know he wasn't his favorite player, but said that he improved quite a bit. And his pro football focus grades really um, bear that out. He was very good against the run and tackling, uh, not so good in pass rush, and his coverage was good. So Mike Palmer had some really good grades out there, um, and if that's the case, I mean, if, if that's what scouts really do think of his play, look out for him as maybe a undrafted free agent to end up somewhere. And number one, just like on the offensive side, is not a surprise. So that's good. 
both offense and defense were not huge surprises this year because I think Mike Palmer was number one on defense last year, was Josh DeBerry. Everyone knew that this was going to be the case against the run, against the pass. He was great. You know, he had an 80 grade in, in, in coverage. I think he was the highest graded coverage man on BC. He was very, very strong against the run. You know, he, he we've said on the show, he is the defensive MVP. He deserved it and got, you know, in, in pro football focus, definitely uh, had grades that bear that out. Now, for those ouch grades, the big one that I noticed uh, in terms of, um, you know, really concerning numbers was Isaiah Graham Mobley against the run. He had one of the lowest grades on BC, I think with the lowest grade I could find, against the run, which against, um, you know, for a middle linebacker is not what you want to see. So he his grade was pretty uh, concerning. There were really no other, like, where did that come from kind of things. Uh, Cam Arnold, again, in coverage was pretty poor. Cam Arnold did not have a, a good score. Um, and I think we saw a lot of why. I mean, he was very raw. Brandon Sebastian didn't have great grades either. Uh, so some interesting ones on the lower end, but, you know, I think all in all, the defense looked pretty good. Uh, and I thought the scores kind of played that all out. Now, one little quick news note for before we go. Uh, if you are heading to Boston College to see a basketball or hockey game, the, the school has changed their um, COVID-19 policies. And it's not their choice because uh, Boston has a called Be Better uh, vaccination policy, which basically means to go into any indoor large gathering, you have to be vaccinated. No more negative P, uh, uh, testing results to, to get in. You have to show your, your vaccination card to get in. And Boston College is going to have to fall in line with that. So Boston College announced that. That goes all the way to age five. And so you have to have started the vaccination process by, I think, January 15th. And then you have to wear a mask inside. I mean, Numbers are, are skyrocketing right now. I'm not going to get into all the politics of that or what it means and what doesn't mean. It's just, you know, this seems like this is under abundance of caution. Um, and uh, so if you go to a game, just make sure that you are aware of that before you head to Conti Forum or Kelly Rink. This is AJ Black. We'll be back again tomorrow with more previews, reviews, and all the good news and notes of everything Boston College that you want. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. We're getting close to 6,000 followers. I'd love to have you on board as well. And follow my work at bcbulletin.com. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.